Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you rethink closed doors or missed opportunities in your life. I'll also be interviewing author and psychotherapist Susan Rudnick, who reviews her book, Edna's Gift, How My Broken Sister Taught Me to Be Whole. This book teaches you to always be open to life's changes and to appreciate others with unconditional acceptance. For more information about Susan, please visit susanrudnick.com. You may also purchase her book on Amazon or in the previous guest sections in both stores at jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturday at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio, as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology, or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. Are you struggling to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes? Then contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well, and then we will look at the areas in which you're struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form, and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Closed doors. We've all had situations in our life where we are so excited about an opportunity, but for some reason, that door or that opportunity passes us by. What we thought was the only way that something could come to pass all of a sudden feels like it's been removed from us. What do we do when that happens? I always like to tell people, look at your life like a jigsaw puzzle. Each event in your life is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. And as it all links together, it becomes who you are today. Sometimes those closed opportunities or missed opportunities feel like our life took a drastic change. And perhaps it did. But when you look at who you are today, what do you say about yourself? How is your self-esteem? I remember when I was younger, I had this wonderful opportunity in college. This director called me up at 10 p.m. and says, James, I want you to audition for a certain part on this TV show the following morning. I was ecstatic. I arrived on set and I auditioned and I thought it did so well. But unfortunately, I didn't get the part. And I remember at that moment, I was so confused because I just knew that that was what I was supposed to do and it was stolen from me. However, three months later, I had the opportunity to move overseas and finish out my university there. While I was there, I was able to travel all throughout Europe. The irony of all this was the person who actually did receive that part, he ended up having to graduate a year later because he missed so much school. Now, in the moment, that did not make sense to me. Why did this person get it when they called me so late at night and were interested in me? Upon reflection, things start to make sense. As we know, 
reflection always gives us perspective. One of the most difficult things, though, is when we're trying to do something or we're so excited about something and we think it has to be this certain way, that when the door closes, we become devastated. And yes, there is an appropriate time of grieving and resetting, but then what? If we have this closed mind that every opportunity has to be the way that we've planned it out, unfortunately, we're not allowing for perhaps even something greater than us to direct our steps. And what I mean by that is this. If I say I have to have this in order to be happy, well, if it doesn't happen, then what? So when these closed doors or these situations happen, and they will happen, it's important for us to say, what am I going to do next? How do I pivot? How do I rethink the steps that I have for this particular goal to still be able to accomplish it? Just because a closed door has happened does not mean that your goal still can't be achieved, or it does not mean that the dreams and the aspirations that you have still can't be accomplished. It's just simply a closed door. When we put so much faith in an opportunity to say, my future is only as bright as this opportunity, or my future is only as bright if this one person does this thing for me. The reality is no one is powerful enough to stop us from the potential that we have. However, if we allow a person or a situation to dictate what our future looks like, then unfortunately, we've allowed a closed door to close our future. When you rethink your life or even opportunities that may present themselves in the future, remember, a closed door is just simply an opportunity for you to pivot, to rethink what the steps are of how to accomplish your goal. So remember, a stumbling block or a closed door is an opportunity for you to use your creativity to find an even more creative and viable answer. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. However, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Each week, I will send you an email which has all the latest radio episodes, YouTube episodes, magazine articles, and self-help products specifically for you. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Susan Rudnick was born in New York City to refugee parents escaping from Nazi Germany. The crucible for her major life choices has been her relationship with her sister, Edna. It sparked her desire to become a healer, and she's been practicing psychoanalysis and psychotherapy for over 40 years. Also, Edna's spirit of unconditional acceptance was the seed of Susan's spiritual journey, which ultimately led her to embrace both her Jewish heritage and Zen Buddhism. She's here today to discuss her book, Edna's Gift, How My Broken Sister Taught Me to Be Whole. Welcome to my show, Susan. Thank you for having me. I am really looking forward to this. You have been through, experienced so much in your life, so I can't <laughs> wait to really delve into that. Okay. But before we get started, tell me about your parents. I can't even imagine the horror that they, I mean, it's, I can't even describe it. Tell us about them escaping from Nazi Germany. Well, actually, my parents were really smart. And when Hitler came to power in 1933 in Nuremberg, where they were, mm -hmm. he, that's they knew they had to leave. Oh, wow. Then. So, but they left separately and they've had a, they had a very complicated story of going to different countries, ultimately hooking up in Brazil. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's a long, that would be another whole book to write, but they ultimately uh, found their way to New York and my mother was pregnant with me 
1944. How did their life journey, how did that impact you and your sister? Um, well, it, it, well, it totally impacted. We grew up, we grew up in a neighborhood in Kew Gardens in New York that was a German Jewish enclave of refugees. I mean, my friend's father had a number on his arm pushing Mm. me in the swing. We, German was spoken on the street. We ate, (laughs) we ate sausages and German food. Uh, and I long to be more American. <laughs> mm. you know, I bet that was very difficult to to be in an environment like that, especially when you were first generation American, first and, generation American. and really trying to find your own way, but right. also being in this cloister or this enclave of, of refugees as well. See, so my parents, they did not want to be identified as German. They insisted on speaking English, although they embraced the customs. So that when my mother took me to a department store and she had a very thick German accent and the saleswoman spoke to her in German, she pretended she didn't understand. So <laughs> it was terrible. like very mixed up. I'm like, yeah. well, do we like this or we don't like this? Yeah, that would be very It was very confusing. complicated. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so how much older are you from your sister Edna? Only 14 months. Oh my gosh, you were really close together. Very close together. Yeah, twin-like, I would say. Mm. Tell us about Edna. She sounds amazing. So, so Edna was one year younger than me. And as little children, she was just my favorite, my best companion. And she was very outgoing. I mean, I used to push her in front of me. I was shy, the shy one, uh, when we went places. And, you know, little by little, it became clear that there were differences between us. But it, it, it happened gradually. Mm. And um, nobody knew, you know, this was the 40s and the early 50s. Diagnosis was almost non-existent. Sure. I mean, and uh, the bottom line is, you know, she was probably or almost definitely brain injured during birth. Oh, gosh. And so the final diagnosis was brain injury and retardation after cerebral palsy, this, that and the other thing. But it meant that, uh, you know, she had a very intelligent mind mm-hmm. but there were there were issues that she could she never learned to crawl and i don't know if you know anything about that when babies skip that step mm-hmm. they they don't learn other things like yes. she finally stood up and walked but uh and yet she spoke very early so it she was a very complicated child and um but always very loving to mm. me and always very loving to everyone else and she did not parse out people in the universe the way I did. She had a sure. completely other way of looking at it. Wow. When I was going to ask you, as, as you became older, how did your relationship evolve? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I had so many complicated feelings. I loved her. Mm-hmm. I loved hugging her. We s- crawled into bed with each other. I also resented that she, that I, uh, that she took up a lot of time, Mm -hmm. that she couldn't do things. Why couldn't she do things? I felt a lot of what I would call survivor guilt, Mm -hmm. that I could do things that she couldn't do. And so, you know, on the one hand, I was, as a family, we were, you know, we were were a unit, very protective, very loyal. Um, And then part of me wanted to break out and Mm -hmm. then I would feel guilty and then I would try not, this is all takes, there are a lot of chapters in my book about 
those sorts of experiences. Sure. You know, I'm sure many of my listeners right now who have experienced something similar to that sure. can really relate with that. You know, it, of course, you know this, but some of my listeners may not know this. In psychology, there's a fancy term that's called a dialectic. A dialectic basically means you can have opposing feelings exist right. at the same time and still be 100% true. So you have that survivor's guilt, 100% feeling, but also this, I want to break out and, um, and I love her 100% as well. And so there's those parts of it. So just my listeners, as you hear this today and maybe realize that in your own life, you'll realize that it doesn't have to be one or the other. Right, not at all. Yeah, and that's the great, the beauty about being being a human is being able to experience the complexity of emotions. I'll just add one more thing. I think one of the hard, the hardest things for me is that I didn't stop myself from doing stuff like roller skating or swimming, whatever it is I like to do. But I tended to suppress mm-hmm. my excitement, my enthusiasm. I didn't want her to think it was that great, and I think I grew up with that tendency Mm. not to get too excited and actually writing this book kind of healed i healed that wow that's wonderful (laughs) susan i'm so glad to hear that now at 16 though you were diagnosed with something tell us about that oh my goodness so um well imagine this you're you're just almost 16 your mother takes you to the doctor because you haven't yet menstruated Mm -hmm. and you are told that you will never menstruate you are born without a uterus oh my gosh and you will have to have surgery which i actually did not but to to create the possibility of being able to have normal sexual relationships because you don't have a vaginal canal oh Um, wow so not only am i not uh have a fertility issue in terms of bearing children i'm also so-called damaged in terms of my sexuality that Mm -hmm. it has to be fixed wow um yeah and that is called i'm going to give you so your listeners can hear it m as in michael r k h it's a diagnosis that was not named for me at the time i just thought i was a freak oh gosh it took took me till i was almost 60 to find out there were other women like me. Wow. Big, big deal. And I did have a, an essay in the New York Times about that. I don't know if you knew that. I did but. not know that. But I do know that it's, it happens in one in 4,000 women. Yes. Yes. Which, I mean, you think about those, those statistics as well. I mean, that's, no wonder you felt like, well, I'm sure it was never really talked about, but also because the statistics are so vast that the likelihood of you running into someone like that you know, or someone yeah, who never, has the same thing right. you do. Yeah, you wouldn't know about that. Wow. Well, thank you for enlightening us on that as well. Now, at 16 years old, your life is in front of you. Getting this information, how did that, how did that change your life beyond, besides oh, the obvious? Uh, okay, every way. But luckily, I had, my mother had get, got me into therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lovely therapist. And, uh, you know, he immediately, uh, I, uh, you know, we talked about that I could, I could be a parent but through adoption. And I'm telling you, even though I had never thought about having children or being a mother, I wasn't that kind of a girl. I never went there. I immediately seized on that. Mm. And it kind of was an obsession internal for me because somehow that was going to be the way I, quote unquote, did it or Mm -hmm. fixed it. Mm -hmm. So I think that drove a lot of my self-esteem over many years of not of feeling like damaged goods. Sure. Also, my mom, trying to be protective of me, told me, 
don't tell boys, they'll just take advantage of you. And, you know, that was not a great message. To sure. Get. I mean, obviously it came from love, but it that's not, I, it's not what you, you needed know, to hear. No. And honestly, I, I, you know, now I'm online with a, lots of people with this. There's a closed Facebook group and people talk to me and I run support groups. And so many of us have had this, this experience, the mm. secret that you have, you can't tell anyone you can, you, you go overboard. You, I may, I, I, you know, how do you deal with a secret? That's mm -hmm. what I'm, I think that's my, and, and so many people have secrets. Yes. Of, well, this is the universal aspect mm -hmm. of it. We definitely do. When reflecting back on Edna as well, as mm -hmm. the two of you grew, grew older, Right. Your life, you you became married. Tell us more about how your life was the same and different from hers. Luckily, my parents found a spiritual community run. I don't know if your listeners know about Rudolf Steiner, the Waldorf schools. He was a, a, a 20th century philosopher, mystic, contemporary of Freud. Anyway, one of his beliefs were that people with disabilities are here to serve and they are our teachers. So mm. Edna lived at Camp Hill Village for 40 years and that became very important to me to understand uh, that whole concept. And so she lived a, re a relatively dignified, there were issues, but a, let's say a, a dignified life there. Uh, and I, I relied on her in a lot of ways because she she never judged people. She didn't care what people looked like or mm, who. She, she, she just, no, she just really was a different. And so I, I, she became my model. Um, you know, I could always hang back and find and get her loving acceptance. And it wasn't that she was, you know, sort of stupid or limited. She knew she was couldn't do things. She knew she was handicapped, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But those were facts, not something to be ashamed of. They were just wow. facts for her. That's one of the big, big learnings. Yes. I mean, just even hearing that as well, you know, individuals who, who, who don't have some of those limitations, you know, we, we judge the world, you know, global labeling of some sort in some ways based off of what we can or can't do, what we have, what we don't have. And to of hear course. your amazing sister be able to just say, this is it, and this, this, is, is, who, this, this is who is, I am. Yeah, this is who I am, and I'm going to live my life in the best way I can. And she was always trying to help other people. Mm. This community was about that. But, you know, she did things in our family that, like we had this awful curmudgeon uncle uh, who never visited her. And... Uh, when his wife died, my aunt, anyway, she began calling him regularly. And I'm like, why would you call <laughs> him? He's so mean. She said, he needs it. And oh my she gosh. would call him. And his last act on earth, I um, kid you not, he lived in Washington, D.C. She was in upstate New York, was to get on a train and go to visit her with his caretaker, who was very upset. And he was on a walker. And after he visited her, he had a, he dropped dead. That oh my gosh! Wow, that's, that's in my book. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because she had that effect on mm. people. Wow. And he and felt bad, and he needed to make amends. 
And it was because of her and who she was and that she reached out to him. When we look at life, you know, we want our family members and loved ones to live in a perfect world, or in other words, an ideal world, having all right. the ideal opportunities and, and the ability to thrive. How was her situation, how did that kind of go against, you know, re, re, I guess, retool and re-pivot your desire for her to live in this ideal perfect world as far as where she currently lived? It was the best that was ever possible Mm -hmm. my parents always had we had we had issues at times there were some difficulties there it's still a thriving community but my parents always said i mean that was the era of willowbrook i don't know if you know about will you know where people like her was stacked up Mm -hmm. in institutions it was so sad and, and and yeah and and here she lived on a on a farm and had work to do that everyone works there and she celebrated, you know, holidays. And so in, in some ways, it, 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 Camp Hill is sort of an ideal community. And of course, she didn't get to do things that I did. Mm-hmm. And that has, you know, hurt me and was hard for me. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Of course it was. Now, the title itself, Edna's Gift, How My Broken Sister Taught Me to Be Whole. Mm-hmm. How does she teach you to be whole? By offering her unconditional love and mm-hmm. acceptance, by giving me that model of uh, this is how being differently abled by treating not by not by by not being not looking at superficial superficialities in in people, but seeing their essence and being loving to them. And by all she gave me the kind of unconditional acceptance I I didn't even get from my parents. I got it from her. I got it from her. And and. You know, I gave it to her too. I think. I mean, we adored each other. Mm. You know, it's interesting. It's it's nothing that she did that was different than who she is. Right. You know, it wasn't like right. she had to try exactly. and be like, oh my gosh, how do I give this unconditional right. positive regard? No, no. She just she, loves you. She's just her. She's just who she was, and uh, that's you know, I mean, being who you are is the the Buddhist idea. This is <laughs> yeah. how it is. This is who I am, and. So it was a kind of a natural uh, interest of mine. Of course. How did her, just her personality and persona, how did that help you return to your Jewish heritage and embrace Zen Buddhism? Uh, the way she held me in wholeness, that's how mm. I would have to say it, yeah. was a sort of, oh, that when I was looking around for for a spiritual path, and I also do yoga, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, when I connected with Buddhism, I realized that that that's what Buddhism offers is is a sense of being present and whole right in this moment. Yes. And so, I love Buddhism, but it's in silence. And what I love about Judaism is the singing and the music. Mm, and sure. there's some pull that, that has pulled me back in. And that's a little bit of a complicated story, but. Uh, my husband and I live in Westchester and found an amazing synagogue. And so there we are. (laughs) It's wonderful how different ways of life or different belief systems can really be paired together in a beautiful melody yeah. uh, of harmony rather. Yeah. You know, some people may say, well, uh, Buddhism or Judaism doesn't, doesn't blend together, but obviously you found how it works for you. No, no, and it makes there sense people, to you. I don't know if you've ever heard of Norman Fisher. He's uh-huh. a Zed, yeah. And he's also Jewish and, uh, you know, I don't know if he's not a rabbi. I, I'm not sure, but he writes beautifully about both. And my Zen teacher is says embrace it all because mm-hmm. uh, one doesn't cancel out the other. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. 
with this with this book here, mm-hmm. how do you want it to inspire the people who read it? Well, a, a lot of ways, but uh, my me- my big message is that you know life can be very unpredictable, even traumatic. Mm-hmm. But if you remain open, you can find strength, joy, and wisdom from very unexpected places. Mm. And that's been my, and there are a lot of, not only Edna was a sort, but there are other examples in my book of that. Um, and so that's been, I've, you know, we all have suffering in our lives, sure. but if you can stay open and not close down, you also can experience joy. Yes. A stumbling block can also become a stepping stone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one door closes, another opens. Yes, up. exactly. Well, Susan Rudnick, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners like to find out more information about you and to purchase this phenomenal book, Edna's okay. Gift, How My Broken Sister Taught Me to Be Whole, where would they find this information online? Okay. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, on my website, susanrudnick.com, but they can just go to Amazon and type it in if they don't want to do Amazon, Barnes & Noble. There are a couple of other indie uh, things. I forgot what they are, but easy to find. Wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they're not able to find your book any other place, simply go to both stores in the previous guest sections at either jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv, and it will link them directly with Amazon. Susan, once again, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on my show today. Thank you so much. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.